0: good news the podcast show 2022 is coming to islington london on may the 25th and 26th it's a brand new international festival for podcasting for creators the industry and podcast fans featuring over 350 world-class speakers 150 panels and sessions access to 120 global brands including us at pod bible plus unmissable live shows if you're passionate about podcasting this is for you Delegate day passes are on sale now from £55 and if you use the promo code PODBIBLE you can get a special 20% off. That's PODBIBLE without a space. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com that's thepodcastshowlondon.com and we'll see you there. This is a bonus podcast. This is a bonus podcast. Wow, it's been ages since we did one of these. A bonus episode of the Pod Bible podcast. Welcome along. My name is Adam Richardson. I'm the editor of Pod Bible Magazine and the host of the Pod Bible podcast. Delighted to be here once again with you. Usually you have to wait a couple of weeks before you get another Pod Bible uh, podcast episode, but we're dropping a bonus in our week off. There's no rest for the wicked, and we are particularly wicked. Yes. I just did that hand snap thing, which I really shouldn't be doing at my age. Uh, okay. So what is a bonus episode of the Pod Bible podcast? Sometimes it's to celebrate a particular event. Um, maybe we've lined up a, a few different podcasts um, that talk about the same subject. Um, something that we want to celebrate, whatever it may be. Uh, but often, most of the bonus podcasts are when we get a chance to talk to people who have advertised in the Pod Bible magazine and have particularly interesting podcasts that we want to find out more about. And that is the case today. So we've got three podcasters, um, three podcasts, very different shows, and we're going to talk to them about those shows there's no recommendations this week it's just three different shows for you to find all about these chats have been had by Stu Whiffin uh, Stu Whiffin, host of Off the Beaten Track uh, one half of the Hardcore Listing Podcast regular contributor to uh, Distraction Pieces with Scroobius Pip in particular the Drunk casts, amazing man as well who re- very recently drove a van full of supplies to the Ukrainian border in Poland um, and also raised a huge amount of money um, for, for War Child just astonishing uh, what, what Stu and his pals have been doing recently uh, he has had three chats with um, these podcasts and uh, we're going to hear all of them now. So we're going to find out all about Verbal Diorama, Behavioural Grooves and the Filmmakers Podcast and let's kick things off today with Verbal Diorama. Emma, please tell me all about
1: your podcast.
2: Uh, (laughs) So my podcast is, oh, first of all, my name's Em, hi. My podcast is called Verbal Diorama and it's basically the tagline is the podcast all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. So I like to take a movie per episode sometimes two, but usually just one. um, and I like to talk about the history and legacy of that movie. How did that movie actually come about? What was the progress? what was the production like? um any particular stories behind the scenes? Um, I am a huge movie nerd, just generally in real life, so. This podcast is kind of a bit ideal for someone like me because these are the sorts of podcasts I actually like to listen to myself. And yeah, it's basically the the story of that movie. Because if you think about any sort of project and how difficult it is sometimes to get all of those people working on that project to, um, to work together and to, you know, form a cohesive team and all of that. And then you think they do that on such a huge scale with some of these movies. And that's a miracle, really. I mean Regardless of whether you think a movie is good or not, I mean, you know, it's all subjective, but the actual process to making all of the movies that have ever existed, it's actually quite miraculous that all of those people got together and they made something uh, and it, it came out and regardless of what people thought, it's still a pretty cool thing, really.
1: Absolutely. So how did, how did you get into podcasting? How did it sort of present itself? that, right, okay, I love films this much and I like talking to them, to my friends, I'm going to turn this into a podcast?
2: was a kind of interesting turn of events, really. I've dabbled in podcasting before in the past, and that kind of never really went anywhere. And then I basically had a, a period of time in 2018, really, sort of 2017 into 2018, where my life wasn't going so great. And I was kind of struggling a little bit, in all honesty. And I felt like I really needed something to focus on, something to focus my energy on, as something to kind of get me out of the the, the well, the funk really that I was in. Sure. Um I, I was kind of having a really bad time of it. And I've always kind of wanted to get back into podcasting. And the idea just kind of came to me <laughs> that this might be a good idea. And I really kind of started it just as a way to kind of cope a little bit. Uh and to kind of have something that was just mine and something that I could you know enjoy and look forward to doing and kind of give, gave me something to do um, and this was obviously all before the pandemic and all of that yeah it's it's kind of only really grown since then it's always kind of I've always credited it quite a lot with kind of making me feel like a more of a person you know that, that I, I have this thing and I really enjoy doing it and I love the fact that people enjoy listening to me, talking, you know, it gives you a certain amount of, of confidence, really. And, and that was something I was really lacking at the time.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. You mentioned the pandemic then. Um, how did you find being in lockdown affected the, the podcast? Did you find that it grew during that time? And did you find that you had more time to, to sort of put into it? Like, What was the effects of, of, of the last sort of two years on the podcast?
2: It's always a bit of a weird thing because you never want to say that a global pandemic has... You know helped you in any way but i I was in a situation where just before the pandemic i I moved into a new house into basically moved back to my hometown and the idea of moving back to my hometown was to be closer to my family and then the pandemic happened, and I couldn't see my family you know I couldn't see my friends and and so really uh it was just me and my cat in this house and and the pandemic actually kind of gave me, uh because I was working from home as well, so I didn't have uh, traveling times and all of that sort of thing to deal with. So I felt like it gave me a little bit more of a push to maybe take this a little bit more seriously. And I actually kind of valued that time in a way, because everyone was at home and there was nothing else to do other than, oh, I'll just do a new podcast episode because yeah there's there's, there's nothing else you can really do and and obviously with the pandemic and streaming services I watched a lot of movies (laughs) over that period so um yeah it was just it just felt like a bit of a natural byproduct really
1: and if you had to direct a a new listener uh, to the podcast and you had to choose a a specific episode that you feel was probably that that episode where you thought you know what when you press stop and we've all been there you just think Oh, that was a cracker, that one. <laughs> and uh, like if you had to go, right, look, this is this is I mean, by all means say start at the very beginning. But if you think there's one where you just go, do you know what? That's a great, a great sort of example of like what I'm trying to do with this podcast. You know, what episode would you send a, a potential new listener to?
2: Well, first of all, I wouldn't say start at the beginning because I think those first episodes are atrocious. I'm sure they're not that bad, but looking back, you kind of think, well, I've I've invested you know, in equipment and software, and you know, tried to at least, you know, sound a little bit better. So yeah, maybe don't go to some of the first ones, but um, one of the ones that always kind of pops into my mind is I did uh, a series of episodes, um, sort of mid to late last year, and it it started with the episode on uh, Ridley Scott's 1979 Alien. Um, I'm not a huge horror fan, and I never have been, but I love kind of genre mix horror, so horror sci-fi, horror comedy. And Alien always kind of stands out to me um, as basically one of the greatest movies ever made. But one of my favorite, my personal favorite episodes that I've done is is the episode on the sequel, which is James Cameron's Aliens, uh, which came out in 1986. And it was obviously a complete departure, really, from the the, the sort of tense claustrophobia of of Alien, and it kind of became a, a sort of a sci-fi action movie and it's genuinely still one of the best sequels ever made and it adds all these really lovely complex themes of of motherhood if you compare the the sort of pseudo motherhood of ripley um and newt towards the motherhood of the the queen and all the queen wants to do is protect her young and you know her get her eggs to get little face huggers to you know attack people and and create more aliens that's all she wants so I would say uh the episode on aliens is a particular favorite because I love that movie. I watched that movie quite a lot and um yeah and, and and then it kind of went on I did a couple of uh double episodes then I did the sequels Alien 3 Alien Resurrection and then I went on to the, the prequels Prometheus and Alien Covenant and then I even decided to do the Alien versus Predator movies as well. Uh,
1: <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why
2: not? Uh so yeah I I basically did Anything to do with that particular saga, uh, I, I did episodes on all of them. But Aliens is probably my particular favourite.
1: Wonderful. Um, M plans for the podcast moving forward? What can people expect from the future of the podcast?
2: Oh, just kind of more of the same. I'm always trying to do more. I'm try- always trying to get better. I'm always trying to be better and to kind of deliver what people actually want to to kind of hear about. But yeah, I guess it's always really difficult to say how your podcasts can grow and what it, what's in the future for any podcast. But I would just like to think that more of the same, uh, but better.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Verbal Diorama, available wherever you get your podcasts, right?
2: Available everywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Wonderful. Um, thanks so much for your
0: time today.
2: Thank you so much, Stu.
0: spring has sprung and our friends at manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants trust me your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring it's time to clear out that winter bush and join the other four million men who trust manscaped use code podbible to get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com isn't it great that people are talking about this kind of thing now used to be something that people did secretly and maybe even felt a little bit ashamed about keeping things tidy down there which is madness in my eyes and it's great that manscaped are changing that and getting people talking about it and getting people looking after their down below areas manscaped are the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing performance package 4.0 inside this ball care bundle you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker an ear and nose hair trimmer crop reserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag hold your goodies now all of those things are absolutely amazing but i am a particular fan of the weed whacker have you ever met someone who finds nose hairs attractive the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes If you purchase the Performance Package 4.0 now, you will receive two free gifts, the Performance Boxer Briefs and Shed Travel Bag, so you can smell and feel good this spring. So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PODBIBLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PODBIBLE, all one word, P-O-D-B-I-B-L-E, at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Should we just get straight to the next one? I think we definitely should. Let's hear all about Behavioural Grooves.
1: OK, Tim, please tell me all about your podcast.
3: Behavioural Grooves is a uh, behavioural science focused podcast so we're we're not trying to be uh, everything to any, everybody we're trying to uh, help people get a better understanding about the applications of behavioral science so that they might uh, actually apply some of it to their work or their life and and for those of you who aren't familiar with the term behavioral science this is sort of the mashup of psychology and economics and neurology and anthropology kind of a- anything involving our, our human behavior basically we try to answer the question why do we do what we do do and that's really our that's really our number one issue and and we and we tried to do that in sort of a a, a lighthearted uh, but meaningful way. And so, why
1: why a podcast? How did you enter into the the world of podcasting? And what what what's you know
3: why? How did you settle on the concept uh, for this podcast? It's an interesting story because we actually didn't start our uh, work together. My co-host is is Kurt Nelson, and we thought that. In our desire to bring behavioral science to a broader group of people, we would start with a meetup and just have a local group of people come together. And so we founded the meetup. And at our second meetup, we had a fantastic researcher and we and we only had 25 people signed up for the meetup and said, this sucks. Like more than 25 people should be hearing this story. It, it's He deserves a bigger audience. And Kurt just looked at me and said, well, Tim, I know you've got a bunch of recording gear, so let's just turn this into a podcast. And I said, okay so naively, not knowing what I was doing at all. And, uh, and just said, okay, let's, let's give it a shot. And, uh, and that le- led us down the rabbit hole. That was the Alice in Wonderland moment. And so once you've kind of worked on, on the, on the fact of who was going to present it, how did
1: you go about sourcing guests and what was the kind of criteria for sourcing guests?
3: <clears throat> That's a, a really good question, especially for somebody who's just getting started. We were not so selective at first because we just wanted to talk to people about applications of behavioral science. So so the earliest guests that we had were practitioners, were people who had some interest in behavioral science in their, in their life. They were in marketing or HR, uh, had some day job where they applied behavioral science to their work. Um, and we found that that was satisfying, but not as interesting as actually talking to the researchers who, who did the original research. So both Kurt and I had contacts in the academic world. So we started reaching out to them and found that academics were very generous with their time and would take time to talk about their original studies. And we found that to be uh, tremendously gratifying. So within the course of a couple of months, we kind of went from uh, focusing on uh, the marketing guy who had a clever idea on how to apply some psychology to his his emails to the researcher that came up with the idea of, and the, and the psychological aspects of why it was that people would respond to those emails. Um, and we, so we've, uh, over the course of time, we expanded into authors. We, we, we spent a fair amount of time with authors. We actually reviewed, I think we counted 35 books this year, uh, which is a lot of books to read, um, but on behavioral science, but it was all very gratifying.
1: So, how, how have you found the sort of changes from from, from recording, you know, during lockdown to to, to post lockdown? And uh, obviously, a, a lot of us have, have realised the benefits, and we're recording this obviously remotely because we're we're on different sides of the you know the globe. How have you found uh, is remote recording something that you're going to sort of stick with now?
3: That's a great question, Stu. I think we have to. Uh, Our guests have always been around the world. We have listeners in 120 countries, and our guests uh, are from a couple of dozen of uh, countries around the world. So we've always had to do remote uh, recording, and that's just fine. So the big thing that the lockdown brought for us was it forced Kurt and I to be separate, uh, my co-host. And so we ended up uh, we started uh, being together in the same room, having the, uh, our interviews, e- both either in person or uh, on uh, Zoom, and and we really had to adjust to that. We had to adjust this idea that we're not going to be that. Kurt and I were not going to be in the same room. How on the was other, that?
1: Be- how was that initially? Because for me personally, like my my first recording I'd done as we are now, I found very strange. You know, I, I find it's nice to have that. I was used to like you know the ambience in the room and and being you know being able to see the body language of the guest and or my co-host or, or, or whatever it and and all of a sudden it was being done in this new thing called Zoom that obviously we all wish we would have took shares out of in uh, in in two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, uh it, it for me the thought of now going back to being in a room and and, and doing it the, the just the logistics of it I, I find. It's so much easier now to just do this, and you know, sort of disappear to your office and put your headphones on, and and it, it just it just feels like you know. But it's really interesting that your your perspective of it is your your guests have always been remote, but your co-host has always been in a room with you, so that's a completely different dynamic.
3: Yeah, but but exactly the same as you're experiencing the, all, all that room ambience, that 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 idea of just being together, uh, the eye contact, the body language, all of that. Uh, we lost a lot of that and had to start to develop new cues to as we you know, as we were doing an over uh, remote uh, recording and we, and we figured it out. In fact, yeah. it from from March of 2020 through May, through the end of May, over about 60 days, we we recorded and published 45 episodes. We really went, we doubled down on the pandemic and really pushed a lot of episodes out because we were interested in the behavioral science aspects of- Uh, wearing masks and concerns about vaccination and research and is the whole thing a hoax I mean we're we're based in the United States so we're certainly influenced by all the political things that were going on and so we were doing almost a podcast a day uh, for for some time and it 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 was fatiguing by the way
1: (laughs) so for listeners of the pod bible podcast that uh, have yet to check out uh behavior groups then if you had to direct them to a specific episode where you think, do you know what, if you're going to go here for your first listen, this really does give you a a, a really good example and cross-section of what we're trying to achieve with the podcast. Would you say go back to the very beginning and start and work your way through? Or would you say for a taster,
3: this one really captures where, where, you know, what we set out to do? Uh, That's a great question. And thanks for bringing up the first one because our first few were so raw and rough, I would not recommend <laughs> <laughs> to to those. But episode 222 was Shankar Vedantam. And uh, he is the host of, of National Public Radio's Hidden Brain podcast. And Shankar is also an author. He's a journalist, but fascinated with the human experience and behavioral science. And um, And we had a, a, a great conversation with him for one thing. And I think that that would be representative of the kind of Work that you'll you'll find throughout uh, throughout behavioral groups of the 260 plus episodes that we've released,
1: and so now we're we you know we're out of a a lockdown. Uh, we're recording this just ahead of Christmas, and uh, I, I don't know what the situation is in the states, but in the UK, it's, it's tightening up a little bit again. Um, but you know, looking at a, a hopefully a very positive 2022, what's going to be happening for the podcast?
3: our our goals for for 2022 are to continue to expand our reach uh, we again i i mentioned we have listeners in 120 countries but we're always interested in expanding the story and we're also going to be more th- uh, thematic uh, we there are some very pressing issues uh in our world today uh what uh, what a behavioral scientist uh from London recently called Wicked Problems and uh Kurt and I have really latched onto this idea of of maybe going after more wicked problems of uh, you know tackling series on poverty and financial well-being and uh climate change and and well we'll still we're certainly still going to interview authors of of really great books uh, again we've read you know, dozens of really great books this year um, on a whole variety of topics. We'll, we'll still talk to authors. We'll still talk to researchers in general, but we also want to be a little bit more intentional. We're going to be doing a series, a special series on the history of behavioral economics. So people who might have a little bit of curiosity about what is this behavioral economics and why are there two Nobel laureates in economics who are you know, psychologists. I think it might be interesting to check out this series that'll be coming out in the in the first quarter of uh, 2022. And that's available on all the the usual platforms, yeah. All of the usual platforms, absolutely. A- a- anywhere that you can imagine a podcast ending up, we're we're there. <laughs> and have you got a website? We do have a website, uh classic uh www.behavioralgrooves.com and regrettably it is the US spelling of behavioral so there's no u. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Tim, thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Stu.
0: Boom. Thank you very much. Uh, another great chat there. Let's finish things off today with the final podcast. As I said, all three of these podcasts have appeared in Pod Bible magazine. They advertised. Um, and as part of that, they get to come on the Pod Bible podcast, have a lovely chat with us about their shows. And yeah, I particularly enjoy these episodes because you hear about some of these sort of grassroots podcasts that, um, yeah, perhaps haven't had the chance or the exposure that they deserve. And I love to be able to help spread the word of them. So let's finish things off this week with a chat about The Filmmaker's Podcast. Gentlemen,
1: tell me all about your podcast, please.
4: Absolutely. It's called The Filmmaker's Podcast and it is exactly that. We're filmmakers and we interview other filmmakers who have made feature films, TV uh, commercials, but mainly we concentrate on feature films, don't we?
5: We do. And uh, we are the number one filmmaking podcast in the UK, as we never tell people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you got that it, in after it... about 12 seconds. So, yeah. uh... <laughs> well
4: done, Tom. It's
1: not embarrassing. <laughs> at so, at all.
5: It's a new record. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's one of those things where we we you know I mean Giles Giles started the podcast. I've sort of got more involved as as time goes He's, on. You
4: started off as a co-host, didn't you? I, yeah, you have been called a co-host.
5: I, I've been <laughs> I've been campaigning for for host status for, for a while. And and now he has it. Now I have it as a as a, a lead general in the, the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where we both of us have always kind of wanted to provide insights to filmmakers that are actually usable and relatable, not not just the kind of anecdotes we'd often hear at events that we went to, like, well, oh, this was nice, or we had fun, or "this this funny thing happened. You know, we cover all that as well, but we want really relatable advice so filmmakers can see the difference between starting out and how you get to being a Hollywood producer or a Hollywood director or, you know, the, the next Netflix sensation, you know, show and, and what those steps actually are and what those challenges and the hardships are to get to that point.
1: And so as filmmakers, why did you chose the medium of audio to, uh, to to get your, you know, your thoughts and ideas and, and interviews across?
5: Well, well, look at this guy's face. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, It was because there was a lot of great books and there was quite a few series on YouTube and bits and pieces going around. And at the time, I just didn't have the facilities to be going, right, Okay, let me set up cameras everywhere and do it this way. And there were some brilliant American podcasts who were talking about filmmaking, but there didn't seem to really be any English ones. Not that, you know, we're really going deep diving into how to make films. So that was my way in. I thought, well, I can do this in my spare time. I don't have to worry about getting a location, getting people to the locations, et cetera, et cetera, and making sure all the cameras are running. It just costs a lot more. So I thought, well, the podcast is a perfect way to start that. And it's, yeah, and it has worked that way. We are thinking of moving into uh, videoing them, especially with our bigger guests like Ian McKellen or Mark Strong, et cetera, et cetera, because it's, it's another medium, but then you've got the effort of putting them all on YouTube. It yeah. just, it's another rigmarole. Mm. And we're, we're busy people, you know, we're making films constantly ourselves. So we were like, well, look, let's find something that's easy that we can get the word yeah, out, yeah. talk about our films, but also, you know, not spend ages and ages editing them because that can be a problem.
5: It's difficult to, it's difficult to sort of go between uh, trying to manage three or four projects that you're, you know, producing uh, or, you know, directing, and then sort of fit in the podcast with guests last minute, and then sometimes you've got to jump in for a, a you know a, a screening in London and then you've got to do the intros and it it is a challenging thing, even just doing it as audio yeah. Zooms do make things easier and sometimes it's it certainly helped uh, rather than doing everything in person but yeah the the video's got its own challenges for sure,
1: touching on that then um How did did lockdown affect the podcast? Did it, was you already recording remotely or was that something like for so many of us we sort of discovered as the pandemic hit this thing called Zoom?
4: Yeah, we were already recording some that way but we weren't using Zoom, I was using Skype or there was a couple of other platforms we'd started to use especially with our American guests and what the lockdown did was it meant that we could get access to a lot more people that I was always face-to-face is always so much better. We felt didn't yeah, we it just, yeah, yeah. It just the reaction, the rapport. You don't have to worry about the backwards and forwards or worrying about interrupting each other on Zoom. Obviously now we've got used to it and we're, you know, we've all got very used to podcasting that way. But what the pandemic did for us was meant we could speak to people in America and go, well, just j- jump on Zoom. Mm. We could easily get to a uh, bigger guest because we went, oh, just jump on Zoom. You don't have to meet us anymore, which would take up half your day. So for us, it saved us a lot of time.
5: Yeah, I think for those bigger guests, you know, especially when you when you sort of run these podcast episodes, and it's like one of the Oscar Oscar contender films, and you've got these A list actors or directors or producers, getting them to meet you in a you know very limited window of time with press sort of down their necks in a in a hotel in the, in the middle of London is quite dr- tricky. But for them to do it in the convenience of their home. Um, and you might get them for like 10 15 20 minutes it might be a short one but you can do that via zoom whereas to convince them to do those short interviews it it never really works in person because it's then it's awkward trying to get out of the interview and you know those kind of things when you're overrunning so it's it's it does work for leveling up those kind of level of guests that we get
1: and I think like uh, I I have a podcast uh, aside from this one where I interview actors and musicians and and one of the, I guess, if there is any positives in that you can draw from the pandemic was, unfortunately, in most creative industries, people weren't working. And mm-hmm. so it did enable them to, whatever they were doing, they had to look at new and interesting ways to to get their campaigns out there. And podcasting was kind of front of the, front of the queue of options. So I think like a mm-hmm. lot of podcasters that, that look to speak to people in the creative industries did really kind of develop and, and the level of guests and things like that definitely climbed because just the fact that these yes. people weren't mm. as busy as they normally will be and as you say their moments of going oh can we get to this studio at this time it's like it's not mm. easy to do that and you know no, some not. of these more more established artists and so the the you know ha- ha- the straightforwardness and simplicity of zoom has definitely mm. enabled huge changes
5: yeah, and we did kind of run. Um, we ran like a, a very popular film event, sort of in association with the podcast in in London, and we we that that was something quite fun because uh, you know again it offers something different to the you know, the, the kind of high level guests that are going to come because they get to speak in front of a room and you've got a hundred people there and it's it's really exciting. But there's obviously logistical challenges of organising that as well. Um, but it did. I think that also sort of in parallel as we were building guests it helped us get to some really amazing people um because they they were it, it suddenly felt like something where they could go in in person and make a difference uh, as well
1: yeah i mean speaking of you know them guests you mentioned uh Sri mckellen and uh mark strong earlier like who else you know uh, have you had on give us some names. <laughs>
5: Okay. Gareth Unwin, uh, Oscar-winning producer of The King's Speech. Uh, wilson
4: Ken, screenwriter of 1917. I've got a list here, don't we? Yeah, me? we've got
5: Alice Eve, uh, Hollywood actress.
4: Lord Chris Mello did The Lego Movie.
5: Mm-hmm. Joe Wright did Serrano. Joe Wright, yeah. Yeah, uh,
4: Boiling Points director recently, Philip Barantini. Dan of
5: Borat fame. Yeah,
4: uh, Sarah Gavron, who did Rocks recently. Uh, Anthony McCartney,
5: wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. Niasa Hardiman, BAFTA winning director.
4: Yeah, Beckham Woods, who wrote Quiet. I now I feel I should
1: be doing the Oscar thing where the music comes in. Cut you <laughs> up <laughs> yeah. now. You're on a roll, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Matthew, Matthew
5: Modi. Yeah, he's like, Jim Delphine, <laughs> yeah. Rupert grace Co- and
4: Caron.
5: Collie, uh, Colin, <laughs> Colin Goody of, uh, of Rogue One fame. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, look, we, We've
4: been very lucky. I think because we're in the hmm. industry as well, we know we can speak to these people. Uh, and say, look, do you mind? And then we've got friends. We say, look, can you help us out? Can yeah. you get to so-and-so? You know, Ian McKellen came through one of our co-hosts, <laughs> uh, one of our <laughs> fellow hosts, Tori and Matthew By the Heart. Co-hosts. Yeah, uh, and they they'd worked with him and they said, oh, well, we will ask him. And yeah. he said yes. You know, so sometimes that just helps. And because we've had big guests on in the past, mm. it's easy to drop a name. Yeah. And oh, and know. we do. And as you can tell, we do. But no, for us, it's about what I would love doing it because it's really about filmmaking and learning about that all the time. And I couldn't have read more books to learn what I've learned by doing mm. the podcast because you're speaking to filmmakers who are doing it all the time. Mm. How they raise the money, how they actually do it day to day, how they get through it, the mental healthness of that. Did all they-
5: the times they thought they were going to fail, all the times mm. when they struggled or they didn't think that their career was going to progress and how they got past that. Those are really important things as well.
4: Yeah, from indie filmmakers, people who made movies for nothing, you know, and then got them out on Amazon and become very successful, or people who've made big Hollywood movies. Mm. And everyone is in the same boat. Everyone is has a struggle. Everyone is fearful. Everyone thinks they're, uh, you know, they're actually, uh, they can't do this, you know, that, that whole imposter syndrome. And that's fascinating to hear, and it makes you feel better as a filmmaker. And I think it's really helped me and darman and uh, or the other hosts, of understand this world and go oh okay we're not alone we're a big
5: group of filmmakers it, it, it gives it gives hope because i i think people do need to they do need to hear oh right they were in that position that i'm in now uh this many years ago and they did have this happen to them and uh, you know they've they've still got to where they go to because it it's one of those things when you when you get to these different leveling up points in your in your career it all seems quite natural but if you look back you know several years behind you you never would have imagined that you'd have got to that point or you might not have uh, foreseen it until you're actually there so it's, <clears throat> you have to get these people to track back in their mind how they actually got to these places where they get to
1: with all of the guests that you uh, mentioned. Uh, a moment ago, if you was to direct a new listener to the podcast, what episode would you say? Do you know what? This is the episode that I mean. By all means, say go right back to the very beginning and start there. um Alternatively, I, <laughs> I, I I'd, I'd say. <laughs> but is there one that really <laughs> I, kind of encapsulates everything you've kind of set out to do with this podcast that you go right? I, this really will give you a good insight.
5: I'd say anything with myself and Giles because they're probably the funniest episode. <laughs> <laughs> As I do, uh, I, I mean, there's been, there has been so many. Mm. It's there's there's a lot of like real renegade indie filmmaking episodes, and there's there's too many to sort of you know almost put into, in into words like how many like unbelievable miracles they've uh, you know a- achieved. But I, I kind of personally like, I think you 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 might be Jim Cummings.
4: Jim Cummings was a fantastic guest with us, wasn't yeah. he? It's the first time we've been in the room since the pandemic for about two years with mm. a guest. And it was him and uh, PJ as well, his fellow director on the film. And we had a laugh and we got so much information out there. Mm. But I think other episodes, uh, uh, Lauren Hadaway was a fantastic one because <coughs> of her journey working with Tarantino as an editor to suddenly now, you know, making her own film. Mm. Uh, stuff like that and how she managed to raise the money. There's a couple of ones where
5: Christy was Christy was was definitely a, an amazing one um for for 1917 because that was kind of before the pandemic and it was it was just it, it was one of the biggest blockbusters that had come out and we we just walked into this it was like christmas time we walked into this amazing like uh, press army uh in the Corinthian hotel and we kind of stormed in and we just did this like really high powered energetic interview and there was just so much funny but interesting stories of the, the craziest kind of ways that she started her career and then you know becoming an oscar-winning writer uh so that that was a big one for me i think that, that i really enjoyed
4: yeah i think there's been so many uh Stu, it's really difficult for us to sort of pinpoint but yeah i think any of the the later ones this year has been <clears> incredible <throat> we've really grown as well which has been really nice but the guests have just opened up and sort of telling their journey and and actually how and the most thing filmmakers find the most difficult is raising the money so often in our titles we'll put finance you know the you know film finance episode or a marketing episode or we will put that in there so if you're looking for that you can find it but they're the ones you know when I was starting out we didn't have a podcast or whatever it's like how do you get the money how do you start how do you even think about getting a, a deck or a an information memorandum how do you speak to investors and we go all through that uh, sales distribution and every episode has a different journey but we kind of follow the same path of how they started how they got the money how they filmed it and how they got the film sold and distributed out there in the world and that's the most important thing because you can learn something we feel every time
1: wonderful and gents i take it's available in all the usual places right
4: it is available wherever oh. you can get your podcast yeah we've uh yeah we've i think we've I put it as many places as i can and everyone's jumped on the bandwagon and taking it up so yeah but wherever you get your podcast it's there wonderful
1: gents thanks so much thank you,
4: thanks so you. Star. cheers buddy
0: There you go. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Stu, for conducting all three of those chats. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in for this bonus episode of the Pod Bible podcast. Issue 20 of the Pod Bible magazine is coming out very soon. Uh, it's coming out on, oh, where are we? Sunday, the 10th of April. Uh, we're going to be back in the Sunday times. Uh, we're going to be putting 65,000 issues of the magazine in the sunday times so we're very excited about that um so keep an eye out we've got an amazing uh, cover star in fact i'll let you know it's a bonus episode we've got two cover stars i mean it's one podcast but there's two people in it so i don't know is that exciting you can be the judge thank you very much once again to verbal diorama behavioral grooves and the filmmakers podcast and to you, with an to buddy piece uh the eternally great buddy piece um who is a producer and editor and great guy I need to make that more succinct. Sorry, buddy. Uh, And thank you to ACAS. We are part of the ACAS Creative Network and big fans of everything that they do. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. No, one week for episode 105 of the Pod Bible podcast. Check out podbiblemag.com for more info, recommendations, reviews, long form articles, interviews and all that kind of good stuff. We'll see you soon. Bye bye.